pre-Christmas, I don't know about you, but I almost like get ready for Christmas a bit too quickly. I'm in Christmas holiday mode slightly before Christmas actually comes round, um, yeah. which is sort of dangerous because uh, in actual fact, you don't know about your field of work, but in my field of work, the work gets more intense in the build up to Christmas. So holiday mode being active already really? is a detriment. Yeah. Football-wise, uh, we've got so much to catch up on. Obviously, there was a weekend of games last week that we are yet to discuss. Um, there's been so many kind of managerial changes, alterations in the Premier League. There's also been European football. Um, group stages of the Champions League and Europa League have now been concluded and next rounds have been drawn, as has the Carabao Cup. Um, we know who's in the final of the World Club Cup. Um, so much to talk about and I personally don't really know where to start Dan where... oh you went to a really incredible game last night yeah yeah it was it was great I went to the Oxford Man City game do you want to um, tell us about it fill us in yeah um, it was a really good game yeah I kind of didn't expect it to be as good as what it was like I kind of thought City would roll them over yeah um but it wasn't the case whatsoever. Like Oxford had 18 shots in total, six on target. Mm-hmm. That's the most man. That's the most shots Man City have faced since Pep Guardiola has been in charge, which is a real impressive feat. That's an incredible stat. And yeah, I I mean Pep afterwards come out and said about like Oxford sort of long ball and long throw-ins and things like that you know and sort of almost complained about it a little bit which I kind of found slightly bizarre because they should be able to deal with that mm. you know they're the champions of England mm. they've, got, they've got you know hundreds of millions of pounds worth of players and they can't defend a long ball would it's, you say um, Manchester City maybe underestimated Oxford United definitely but I think you probably would City put out a decent side Bernardo Silva played Rodri mm. Foden Mares, Sterling Zinchenko mm. Cancelo Claudio Bravo so Claudio Bravo played who I so, just for the record I think Claudio Bravo is a terrible goalkeeper but he is internationally renowned somehow he so I was thinking about this yesterday because I, I was slating him yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the, I don't know if there's a confidence issue and he's he's a good goalkeeper, but he's got such little confidence. Mm-hmm. He's just a bad goalkeeper. And I, I kind of, I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of confused on, on how I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel the last time he played a full season for Man City, which was what, maybe two seasons ago, potentially now, um, he was consistently bad for so long that when you're that consistently bad, you kind of go beyond um, just having a, a run of bad games or bad form or, you know, confidence low. It's that consistent. You kind of feel like this must be you. Yeah. 
So maybe you are just a bad keeper. Like Tor- it's like Torres, isn't it? It's like Torres with at Chelsea. Yeah, well, that's an interesting one as well because you know he he's shown what he could do, um, but it just he was so consistently bad that you stop thinking maybe you're just having a bad run of form. Same with Alexis Sanchez yeah. at Man United, and that's it. That's yeah, it. It's a tough one. But 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 the game yesterday was really good. Oxford have got some really really good players. Mm. Uh, the three the three that are consistently mentioned are. Cameron Brannigan, Shandon Baptiste, and Rob Dickey. Yes. And all, all three of them, I think, will face some interest in the window. I think there was their last league game, there was 33 scouts there. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. It's really funny because um, obviously we went, we grew up in Oxford, we went to school in Oxford, and there was a short period of time, not so much anymore, but there was a period of time where a lot of the Oxford players, especially especially the academy graduates, were people that I was familiar with, people that I'd like seen about in Oxford or played Sunday League with. But I think, unfortunately, I'm at that age now where most of the Oxford players are either younger than me, the academy graduates that is, or have been kind of brought in from elsewhere. So I'm no longer like personally familiar with a lot of the players. Um, I do want to shout yeah. out, was it, was it Matt Taylor? Is that his name? Yeah, Matt he took Taylor. his goal really well, really, really like impressive way he finished that. Let's let's not. I mean, I don't really want to mention the fact that it was a rolling ball for the free kick because it kind of takes the the <laughs> the gleam away from it. Um, but they caused them a lot of trouble. Like there were some guilt edge chances that Oxford missed. Rob Dickey's header. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it yesterday? I listened to it on BBC Radio Five Live. I listened to the whole game. Ah. Okay. And then I saw the highlights it's, thereafter. So I've only seen the goals. Yeah, I mean, City's, City's, last, City's second and third goal were counter-attacks. Oxford pushed a few men forward and mm. and they just killed them with pace, really. That was that was how it went. Yeah. And then I think it was comfortable from then on. And once it got to 3-1, not, well, not comfortable, that's a bad word to use because Oxford was still all over them. But I, I couldn't see Oxford scoring three. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, to get just to get to the quarterfinals is incredible, and it's set up for a for a decent semi final, hasn't it? Really? Yeah, I mean, uh, talking about the Carabao Cup overall. So obviously, other games that were played last night included Manchester United and Colchester United. Comfortable win, I like to think, for Manchester United. Uh, Rashford showing that he is world-class once again. Um, And Leicester looking comfortable until suddenly Duncan Ferguson's team managed to peg him back and get two goals and got taken to penalties in the end and Leicester went through on penalties. So, oh yeah, and obviously the the game, what night was it? Tuesday night? Saw Liverpool dumped out by Aston Villa, which I think... As you as a Liverpool fan, surely you don't really mind that, do you? It's not really... It's your first loss of the season, but do you really care? Uh, I do. I do care. But... Mark Viduke. It's... Um, I Mark Viduke, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done for the pun. Very well done. It's... It's a it's a weird one. I do care about it because it's it's still a trophy, mm-hmm. and 
it would be nice just to try and you know try and bag an early one but we're at the world club cup which is a bigger fish absolutely um yeah. you win that you get like i think you get a gold and badge on next season's show or something like that you, you get, I think I think it's on this season and next season until oh. the new champions are called. Oh, if Real Madrid has still got theirs on. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, man. I mean, it is it is madness. Yeah. It's just a madness. So like you said, the, the semi-final shapes up to be quite exciting of the Carabao Cup. You've got Man City, Man United, and then the other game you've got Leicester and Aston Villa. Um, personally, as much as I'd like Manchester United to win the Cup, I wouldn't mind seeing Leicester win. What, your your team? My, well, I mean, I went on loan to Leicester earlier this season. But I got recalled by Manchester United. Um, so I'm, I'm a Man United fan again. Um, but, you know, Leicester have a special place in my heart. They looked after me the short period I was with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still got a few friends over there. Actually, my cousin's over there. Shout out to Marai. Um and yeah, shout out Vardy, Mandé, Inia Nacho, Madison. You know what I mean? We had good fun. We had fun, lads. You had so much fun. You just had <laughs> so much fun. I did. Honestly, I'm so buzzing for you. Um, but I don't want to go too in on the Carabao Cup because um, of all the cups there are, with all due respect, it's not the most uh, highly regarded, let's say. Um, I do want to talk about... Um, the Premier League, as we normally do. Well, where shall, yeah. shall we go? Premier League or shall we go Champions League? Where, where do you want to go with this? I think we should go Champions League. Champions I think, League, I think yeah. Champions League. Let's, let's mix it up. Let's mix feel a up. little bit European. Mix and blend. Okay, so the Champions League draw um, happened uh, recently, which sees... I'm just, I'll be completely honest with you. I'm pulling it up right now, um, just to remind myself. It's um, a poor effort. City have got Madrid. <laughs> yep. Bayern have got Chelsea. Yep. Liverpool have got Atletico Madrid. Yep, I see that. Tottenham have got RB Leipzig. Yep. PSG have got Dortmund. Yep, that would be a good one. I'm excited for that one. Um, How many are left? Your Atalanta and Valencia. That's it. And Leon and, you, who have and you Juventus. Leon, Juventus. Yeah. And then the one you missed out was uh, Napoli and Barcelona. Bowens. It's, um, it's quite exciting. One thing I noticed, I'm not sure if you noticed, only the like, European giant nations are represented, if you know what I mean. As in there's no like Shakhtar or any of these clubs from Austria or any places like that. It's straight up... France, Germany, Spain, Italy, England. No other nation is represented. Is that... A, yeah. Looking at, like, football generally, from the outside looking in, like, the, the general football fan, is that a good thing? Or does that show that there's, like, an increase in the divide between the massive teams and the massive nations and the smaller nations? Shouldn't... In an ideal world, shouldn't we be getting closer together? Well, you say that, but someone like Red Bull Salzburg come really close to mm. to getting through. I don't think it's that, and and not just that. I personally, barring PSG, I think the 
French league is awful. So I don't really necessarily think that they are a step up from from anything else. Mm-hmm. But historic, I don't think this is a new thing either. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the I actually think the French league might have got weaker. To be honest, there's no like Portuguese um, team in there. There's no like um, like a Galatasaray or like I said a Shakhtar or even a Salzburg. It's like. I don't know, maybe I'm looking at this now because Manchester United aren't in it and I'm just looking for other reasons to take note of the Champions League. Which is... It's a blast. That must be a bit guttering, mustn't it? That must be a little bit... It is a little bit. Like, I think we've... Oh, it's been bad for so long that like... You know when you like kind of accept, you lower your expectations a bit. Yeah, it's, being bad is now normalised. Yeah, so like, I've kind of accepted being, it. Being bad is your level. And we're not Arsenal. So things could absolutely be worse. <laughs> oh, so worse. So much worse. So much worse. But anyway, and so carry on. Who who do you think is going to win the Champions League this year? Um, It's a really interesting one. I think, I personally think Juventus have a strong chance. And I think Liverpool have a strong chance of retaining it um, because Liverpool don't really look like slowing down. You know, we spoke about Liverpool almost every week as being getting better and better and better. They've got squad depth, they've got fitness, etc. And they have heart. Um, the reason I say Juventus as well is just because they've got the Ronaldo factor. And even Do you his, see his goal? Yesterday? Yeah, his old ripe age. He's jumping like a, like a basketball player and that airtime was ridiculous. Like, as long as Ronaldo's Incredible. in your squad, you have every chance of winning everything because Ronaldo is yeah. just Ronaldo. Um, I, I, I think Barcelona. I just have this funny feeling about Barcelona. You think the Messi factor's still... Yeah, I think, he, I think he's gunning for it now. Mm. I think after what happened the last two seasons, mm. where, they, where they pretty much got embarrassed both, both times. Mm. I think that that is that is now his thing. Of the um, the the draw, who would you say is like the most kind of tasty fixture? Which is the one you're most excited excited to see, or maybe the one that you think is mostly going to be the tightliest contested, if that's the term. Is tight is tightliest a word? Tightliest is probably not a word. Tight, the most tightly contested. Good England. Good England, I'm proud. Good England, yeah. I speak good England. Good England. Yeah. Uh, I would say, like you, I think the PSG Dortmund game will be pretty pretty fascinating. Yeah. I think PSG will win, but... Dortmund play um, very nice football and Sancho is one of my favourite players and as long as he's in the squad, then, you know, they're tasty. Marco Royce and all of that. I think... The Man City Real Madrid game. Yeah, I, I I fully agree with you. Um, based on current form, though, I think Real Madrid could win that. See, I don't know because I actually think I I think the opposite. I think Man City will slap Madrid, but it's just whether or not they can handle that pressure of going to the Bernabeu. Hmm. They're both good. It's going to be an interesting match because I think they, in some ways, play a similar style of football. They're both going to want the ball. They're both going to want to keep the ball in the opposition's half and keep possession. 
Um, so the, it's kind of like two similar styles really going at each other, which I think makes a really interesting watch. Um, yeah. Although in saying that, I think what Man City have shown thus far this season, and I don't watch the Spanish league as much, but I've heard Real Madrid started badly. Um, Man City have shown their vulnerability and you know they're, they're prone to a counter-attack. Um, so maybe if Real Madrid don't play the way they normally do, then they've got a better chance. I don't know. I think it's such a guessing game. Yeah. Um, Bayern Munich, Chelsea. What do you think of that one? Is I, that think, a... I think that's a real nice fixture, but I think Bayern will win. I think that's a Bayern Munich win, personally. Apparently, they're not doing so well in the in the Bundesliga, but I mean, Serge Gnabry is looking incredible. Lewandowski is, according to the stats, the best striker in the world right now. And I just think Chelsea maybe lack a bit of experience at the back. I don't think Rudiger, yeah. Rudiger and Tamori or whoever they or Christiansen, whoever they employ there, could really handle that kind of strike power. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't, mm. I don't see. I think that's their weak spot because I think Zuma is awful. Yeah, um, yeah, about that. And I don't think, and I don't think that the. I think Rudiger's decent, but and Tamori, like you said, he's still a bit raw. So, mm. I think it'll be incredibly interesting to see. Mm. Atletico Madrid aren't doing so well in the La Liga this season and they're struggling for goals from what I hear so is that a Liverpool win definitely the thing is is they're so good defensively a Diego Simeone team is a good defensive unit mm-hmm. so it's kind of I almost feel like it might be a bit of a stalemate I think it's whether it's how it's whether each attack can break down a side yeah um, because their strength is their defence, but their weakness is the their strikers. Yeah. So, it. I think we'll go through. I do think we'll go through, but I think it'll be tight, and it's not going to be a high score. It's not going to be a high scoring round. It won't be not landslide, for that's for sure. Um, Tottenham with Mourinho, who's Champions League winner, proven a number of times with various clubs. Um, against RB Leipzig, who were looking very, very good in the Bundesliga. They got some firepower up top. Um, how do you see that one going? Oh, Tottenham are through. You think so? Tottenham are through. No, Mourinho is a winner. Mourinho will beat RB Leipzig. So with that, with that in mind, Mourinho's experience in the Champions League and Mourinho being a winner, do you see um, potentially RB Leipzig, sorry, not RB Leipzig, Tottenham going far in the Champions League? I think Tottenham could get to the semis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you Stop said semi. It. Uh, yeah, I think I think Tottenham could get to the semis, but it's it's whether or not they go through that same difficult path again. Mm. Interesting. Not been up to scratch this season. No, not at all. Interesting one. Any other games that you you feel worth mentioning? Um, I want to shout out actually Atalanta for making it this far. I'm like kind of it's been, it's been quite impressive their their whole story. They're like the hipsters' favorite Italian team at the moment. Um, they haven't played in their own stadium for however long. They've got a very small wage budget. Don't have a huge amount of kind of world-renowned players, and yet they're in the knockout stages of the Champions League. So they're kind of like my my favorites 
not to do anything, but like if I'm going to support anyone, I, I quite like the idea of supporting an underdog. So it's going to have to be Atalanta. It, yeah, I was going to say that that underdog factor is is quite strong. Yeah, uh, that's why, you, and that's why you're a Man United fan. Well, I mean, arguably boom, some would boom. say a, some would say I'm a glory hunter, but I'll take him an underdog fan at the moment. <laughs> yeah, man, with that world with that world class striker you've got on top. Yeah, like it. He's very world-class. 14 goals in 14 games. 17 goals in all competitions for club and country. Average. <laughs> Average. Here's a nice segue, actually. Let's let's talk about um, sort of what's been happening in the Premier League. Like, most particularly, there's been a sort of shuffle of, of managers of recently. So, Duncan Ferguson, although has put in some spirited performances for Everton... Um, Carlo Ancelotti is being unveiled as the new manager um, very soon um, on one hand Dan I personally feel a bit sorry for Duncan Ferguson like the fans loved him he got some good results out of the players he subbed on Moise Keane then subbed him off like 10 minutes later um, I personally as a neutral would have liked to have seen him stay and see what he could do at Everton um, what do you make of this whole situation I'm not quite sure if Ancelotti's the right person for the job. Mm-hmm. Ancelotti's walked into most teams and they've been pretty high up in their respective leagues. You know, yeah. Napoli, Roma. Was he Roma manager? Or oh, I just made that up. He was definitely Napa, uh, Nap- uh, Napoli and uh, AC Milan manager. Yeah. Chelsea manager. Yeah. Bayern manager. So... These are pretty big clubs. These are all like Champions League, like... And the time he took over these clubs, they were pretty much favourites to win the league in their respected leagues. And I think that's it. I think he's just working out whether or not he can get the best out of these players. Yeah. He's obviously going to have money to spend, but it's a lot different having Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top rather than Robert Lewandowski. So I'm not sure it's the right decision, Mm. but we'll see. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. And I think that with the pressure that's going to come onto him because like I said he is going to get to spend money and I think he'll get quite a bit so there'll mm. certainly be some instant pressure yeah I think um, the the hearsay is that what Everton need is a real you know man management someone to like go in and ruffle the players feathers and like you know get the best out of them give them a kick up the backside so to speak um, and from what I hear Carlo Ancelotti is the kind of manager to just you know be nice let the players do their thing doesn't work them too hard in training and with that in mind maybe again he's, he's the wrong acquisition for for the management post yeah um, i don't know another manager who looks likely to be unveiled but it's all up in the air as we speak by the time this podcast comes out it might be confirmed i don't know Mikel arteta former did you play for everton former everton player former arsenal player and the Current, uh, or potentially previously, the um, Man City assistant coach, assistant manager, uh, to be unveiled as Arsenal manager. What do you make of this one, Dan? It's. Do you, do you would you go there? Um. I ah oh, would I go there as a manager? Are you asking? Or would you go there for him in terms of becoming the next manager? Well, 
based on his playing ability and the fact he's been number two to Pep Guardiola, one of the greatest managers of our time, he's obviously got some credentials. But I think what's clear is that the problem at Arsenal is bigger than just the manager. And I, I worry that Arteta might walk into the club, not be able to fix it like most in this world wouldn't be able to. And he might ruin this legacy that's yet to be kind of unraveled. Um, and it might jeopardise him getting another big job somewhere else. Um, so I'm not entirely sure it's the right move for Arteta. Um, I, I don't think any move is the right move for Arsenal. It's been so bad at Arsenal for so long. I'm starting to actually feel sorry for them. And I'm starting to actually want them to, to do well, almost. Um, so I kind of hope it works out. But I'm not sure it will. He, he, could, he could do that very quickly. And I think the big thing that people need to realise is it's a lot different being a good number two to being a good number one. Like, he is not going to become Pep Guardiola. Just yeah. because he's worked under him, he's not going to, like, Arsenal are not getting the next Pep Guardiola. No. They're getting, you know, Mikel Arteta, who could be decent. And... I think it's a massive, I think it's a bold move for Arsenal to do this because there's no statistic that says that he has, you know, ever been any good anywhere because mm. this will be his first job. His first job in football is Arsenal. Mm. That's, that's huge. Yeah. So, and, and, and the thing is with Arsenal is it's, they just need to win. That's all Arsenal need to do. They've, they spent they spent years under Wenger after the uh, that sort of purple patch where they were playing really nice football mm-hmm. and then not not doing anything with it. You know, I mean, admittedly they won some FA Cups and things like that, but they've been miles off the league for years, and they you know they made one Champions League final. Like, have they been anywhere else since? So, yeah, it's a real kind of. I, I kind of, I almost feel, I almost feel like Arsenal and Everton should swap. And Arsenal should take Antelotti. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same as well. Arteta, you know, was a darling at Everton. He kind of made a name for himself at Everton. So yeah. there's that whole idea of, you know, taking on someone who's like a club legend, whatever. Um, although on the other hand, I do quite like the idea of Arteta starting his career with a club who needs to start again and everyone kind of starting together the thing is that would work in an ideal ideal world if the pressure was off with Arteta but I just feel like Arsenal fans particularly are so impatient with the club that the pressure is never off um I don't think they'll be willing to give them three years to get Arsenal back to where they were I don't even think that I I don't even think that Arsenal fans are impatient. I just think, like many other football fans, they're just a bit deluded. They just think they're a little bit better than what they are. Don't mm. um, get me wrong, some aren't, and some are completely realistic. But you hear some people, you know, Arsenal are not a top four team anymore. They've got yeah. a terrible back line, and they rely on their strikers, and they're very good strikers, don't get me wrong. But mm. I think their defence is that bad and their midfield's not great either I mean not really one of their most senior players is Xhaka honestly just yeah he shouldn't be I I still I 
technically, he's, you know, he's decent. He can strike a ball and, you know, he can pick a pass out. But he's not got much else after that. Hmm. Um, I don't really know if... Uh, I think that the, there's a huge mental factor with Arsenal as well because as much as their players are bad, they should be achieving more. And going back to the, the fans, I think it, of recent, in the last year or so, things at Manchester United have looked just as bad, um, if not worse at times, than the situation at Arsenal. Yeah. But I can't help feel there's like less of a, a kickback from the fans. As much as we get frustrated, we don't rage in the same way. And we don't like encourage the situation to get worse by our anger so, and our entitlement. So on that note, do you think that part of the reason that there is a difference and quite a big difference is because of something as broad as Arsenal Fan TV? No, I don't, I don't want to blame Arsenal Fan TV. I, I personally like Arsenal Fan TV and I don't think it necessarily affects the game. But one thing I definitely saw um, when I watched the game on Sunday when Arsenal lost to Man City, I was watching the game and I couldn't help notice. Actually, it was my, my girlfriend who noticed this, who isn't a massive football fan, but even she noticed in the first half, she was like, oh, doesn't seem to be many fans there. Which was very, very true. Yeah. I kind of thought, even if your team's losing, like if you're, I was questioning to myself, are you a real fan if you walk out or are you a real fan if you stay through thick and through thin? And I think of teams like, like who's at the bottom of the league? Um, I mean, Watford. Ever, what, Watford. Watford fans probably turn up every week, even though they're getting spanked. They're still turning up. Yeah. When Southampton lost 9-0 the other day, I think more fans left the Arsenal game in the first half than left in the last 15 minutes of that game for Southampton. And I just, I think it yeah. says a lot about the, the general culture at the club. There's like an entitlement from the fans and not particularly Arsenal fan TV, but just fans in general. There's a sense of entitlement. Well, quite, quite possibly. I mean, where I was getting that with Arsenal fan TV is now that they have set a platform mm-hmm. and it's a very wide platform. I think it's, I, I don't think anyone would argue with saying it's probably the biggest fan TV show in, you know, Probably in the world. In the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah. And they have they have given a platform for people to be negative. Okay? Yeah. You look at a lot of them, there's not many, you know, Arsenal's problems warrant this negativity. But I feel that now it's shown in a light and it's getting a lot of attention, you yeah. know, a lot of views. Do you know what I mean? I, when Arsenal gets spanked, the first thing I want to do is watch Arsenal fan TV. That's the first thing I want to do because I want to see the rants. And I think that's almost become like acceptable. Like we're going to rant because it makes us feel better, but it's not going to do anything else. Yeah. And then you start to get to that, you start to get that little unrest and things like that. And that's that they're a team that, you know, they boo Jacker the other week. They're doing the same with Ozil now. Mm-hmm. So... I'm not saying it's Arsenal fan TV's fault. I just think that there's a... It almost seems like there's a little bit of a correlation. Just an ever so slight one. I hear that. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I do, yeah. I mean, from entertainment value, I I much prefer that than full-time Devils or the other Man United one, which I forgot what it's called. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Well... 
good luck to all the managers on the Premier League in general since we last spoke I think I feel like a lot has sort of changed um yeah yeah I feel like suddenly Man City don't really look like title challengers all of a sudden Ooh. um Tottenham are somehow back up to fifth place all of a sudden um Manchester United is still doing sort of well. Arsenal still crap. Still, no, no, what you're supposed to say, they're still doing sixth. I'm pretty sure. They're still doing sixth. sixth. Yeah. They're still, they're still doing sixth. But I think the general atmosphere around Manchester United is like, they're a good team. There was a long period where we thought, let's just accept they're a mid-table club. But now they're definitely a top-half club. Without doubt. Um, Everton are out of the relegation zone. Watford are still... At the very bottom, <laughs> um, it's it's mad. It's mad that there's forty points. There's forty points between Liverpool and Watford, and it's only been seventeen games. What is, is really alarming to me is goal difference. Like the top three clubs score bare goals, and then every other team doesn't seem to score as much in terms of like goal difference. Every every other team, by the top three, aren't in double figures for goal for goal difference. And the top three are all on like almost plus 30. Yeah. Um, So maybe looking at it, since we last spoke, the the table hasn't changed that much, but I feel like the general feelings around different clubs are maybe changing or kind of solidifying. I remember for the first part of this, this season, every podcast we've made statements and then been quick to say, but it's too really, it's too early to really say, but it's too, I think now we're at that stage. We're, we've nearly played half of the games. It's that Christmas period. It's like that reflective period. I don't think the statements we make now are as much as too early to say statements. Is that fair to say? For, for some aspects. For some aspects, I think. Um, I think it's too early to say about a few things. Like what? But um, Like Watford going down, I think it's too early to suggest that they'll go down. I know that they've had a bad, bad start, but, you know, they're only, what, six points off safety. Mm-hmm. And they've got the players that can win games, so you never know. Anyone can beat anyone in that league. Nigel but Pearson, still now win. in charge? Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure on that one, to be honest. But <laughs> the Liverpool title challenge, I'm still a little bit worried about, but I think it's more me than... Than the situation, I think there's a lot of people that are now saying it's yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just so worried that we're going to get sh- a couple of stupid draws and then lose to, you know, someone like Bristol Palace. Well, yeah, yeah. Some, I mean, they took us to the edge. Yeah, I'm So, how we're going to do at Salas Park is anyone's guess. Um, but it all makes for intrigue, and I think that's where what I, I think that's why everyone likes football is because there's such a diversity of opinion. Yeah. Um, speaking of opinions, this is an opinion that me and you haven't shared, um, but I think the tides are swaying. It's my opinion, um, as becoming a general agreed opinion. Um, Marcus Rashford is world class. He can't stop scoring. He's getting me loads of points in my fantasy football. On weeks where I have bad days in fantasy football, Marcus Rashford always pops up and helps me out. Um, 
I just straight up think he's world class. I can't think no. of many performing better than him in the Premier League. Marcus Rashford does do so, doesn't he? Marcus Rashford goes through a phase of playing well for a certain amount of period and then he's utter garbage for the rest of it. So, you know, let's see if he can prolong it. And world class is such a big statement to make. Like people band world class around now like it's nothing. He can, I think I, he carries Man United on his shoulders. I don't think there are... World class is a standard, right? It's the standard below Messi and Ronaldo. Dare I say it, like, if he was in a better club, we would see his world classness. I think what holds him back at Man United is the fact that he literally has to carry the rest of the team a lot of the time. I think if you put, if you put Rashford in a Man City squad, I think very few would suggest he isn't one of the best players in the world right now. I think that he is going for a phase where he's doing really well. <laughs> uh, I think on, on form, he is you know, the form player in the league, but he's not world-class. You're so reluctant to call him world-class. He is not world-class. No, I'm not, it's not even reluctance. It's, it's just there's not a chance that I'm calling him world-class. He doesn't do it enough for me. He really he doesn't. Like I said, he goes through a purple patch and then all of a sudden he's just, he's just shit. Like, he's just, it'll be like, like we had this conversation like when when we first started out Rashford being world class and then he went through that stage of barely being able to kick a football. Mm. And that's the reason why. Like, I hold, I hold world class in such a, Kevin De Bruyne is world class. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. Kevin De Bruyne is world class. Um, Virgil van Dijk is world class. But I think these players, we recognise their world classness because of the team around them. And like the stuff they do within their team works out and pays off. Whereas because Marcus Rashford completely carries his team, I, I genuinely think put him in a better team and we'll recognise how world class he is. Because there'll be other players around him to facilitate his... His ideas. Do you know what I mean? No, I, I can't. Because imagine, I like, can't. put De Bruyne in a squad where he puts it, plays the most incredible passes, puts the most beautiful crosses, and no one's on the end of it. Like, it kind of stops us from recognizing how world class his ideas and his his balls are if no one's receiving them. Do you often talk about Kevin De Bruyne's balls? <laughs> I, I do like his balls. Yeah, you're a fan. I can imagine them being um, quite... No, I'm not going to talk about his balls. Yeah, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> like stuffing, um, like shriveled. You know, stuffing are like kind of rugged. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's Christmas, Jesus. hence why I'm thinking of stuffing and balls. Thinking of stuffing balls. Yeah. Um. So, is that what we're calling from now on? Kevin stuffing de bro- stuffing <laughs> balls. Oh, I can't even talk, man. Honestly. Stuffing balls de Bruyne. <laughs> Yeah, stuffing balls De Bruyne. That's going to be my fantasy. That's going to be my fantasy team name for next year. <laughs> they, you, the just the way I see it is that I don't think he's clinical enough to be a top class striker, and I don't think 
that I don't think that's his best position, but I think his best position is sort of like a a wider forward. Yeah, I, I fully like, like almost 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 between a winger and a striker. Yeah, yeah, inside forward um, is that what they call it? Like that. That's a fancy name, isn't it? That's yeah. the uh, the European name for it. That's the name of football but, manager. Oh, I love. Oh, stop. <laughs> uh, and the. The issue I have with that is, is I don't think he's, you know, one of the best in that department. Mm. So I don't, I can't call him first class because of that. I, I think, I do feel world class is banded around too easily. But, and I, and I think if you were to draw up a short list of how many world class players there is, there'll be a fair few. But I think that, especially from my point of view, there'll be a there'll be a fair few that people would bring up that I'm like, not a chance, not a chance. Just because I hold it in that regard. Like like I said, that's the step below Messi and Ronaldo World Glass. I don't think he's far off it. You stop it. Honestly, <laughs> we're going to get, we're going to stop getting people listening now because you're coming up with these outrageous statements. mentioned in my spiel about Marcus Rashford that he keeps getting me points on the uh, fantasy football um, which I've had a, a fair decent couple of weeks in um, you haven't on the other hand or well, you did recently yeah stop that I think I had like the third most, most points in the league this week with 65 cheers yeah, yeah I think there was, there was I swear I was behind you Maybe last time we spoke on the podcast, or a few weeks ago, anyway. But I'm I'm up to seventh now, and you're down to ninth, or up to ninth because you're at the bottom for a period of time. That's um, fine. That's fine. I am not bottom. That's okay. I don't care about Who's many tenth? other players in this league. I just care. Into your nan is tenth. Tom Williams. Ah, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and at the very bottom is man like Neo had a terrible week with twenty three points. Uh, man Dem Who's- United. So who's between me and you? Sahel. Sully squad, Sahel Sheikh, who yeah. he's a Liverpool fan, but I feel like he doesn't know much about football. But I look at his squad and it's, it's pretty impressive. He's got some... He is. He is. You have just called him out. You know that, don't you? I've called, him out, called him out, but it's pretty close with me and him. Like, I'm only four points ahead. So it might be a bit of a interesting next few weeks between me and him. Um, shout out Luke Semple. Yeah, go on. Do you... So I tell you, it would be great, as you've just called him out, it'd be great to get him on next week to do a quiz with you and I'll be the quiz master. Oh, that's a great Just idea. to see, just to see if he beats you, I would cry. Nah, nah that's not going to happen, man. He's... <laughs> and if he does, he is definitely the kind of person who would cheat. <laughs> He's that kind of person. <laughs> I know what oh, he's wow. like. Wow, yeah. big statements, big statements. Um, that's right, because you know, um, I haven't used any of my um power plays yet. You've got power plays. Oh, you mean like your triple captain and all of that yeah. stuff? Ah, uh, okay, okay. I've still got a couple to use. I used my bench boost on day one, which paid off because Divock Origi started on day one and got a goal. Yeah, decent. Yeah, see, I've got Mason Greenwood on my bench, so I might... Oh, yeah, might, and he's, he's definitely might, coming to form. 
And the thing is, is now it's getting to the game, it's getting to the point where it's like two two games a week. So like triple captain should last for two games, shouldn't it? Yeah. It's a week long at last. So that might be getting done. That might be getting done. Yeah. And then we'll see. And then we'll see. We'll see. It's uh what are you saying? I don't think when it comes to generic football, not generic football, the generic football league in fantasy football, I don't think it's uh I think it is too early to say to make certain statements. Um, because anything could happen. I had a season like this last season, then finished top of my uh, work league, which has fifteen people in, who all are football fans. So that's pretty good going, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, but that, yeah, but the problem is, there's a lot of people that just don't check, do they? Like I've started to be that guy that doesn't check his team now, which is really bad. So I need to get back into it. Well, you got this weekend. Redeem yourself. <laughs> if you do want to join our, happen. if you do want to join our, our football league, um, you know, go onto the fantasy football, um, on desktop. I don't think you can do it on mobile, but go onto the. Uh, join leagues navigate your way to there and then the code is p-b-b-m-x-i shall we shall we give him some phonetics is it me or you i think you should give him because you're much better than me okay think of a word beginning with p peanut butter Panda. oh that's the first two oh. well done peanut butter the word beginning with b belt M. Man. <laughs> X. X-ray. X-ray. I. Indigo. Oh, you could do better than that. They're, not, they're the basic phonetic um. ones. So you may have noticed I'm actually like asking my girlfriend in the room to um, do these for us. Honestly, right. That, right. She's struggling. <sighs> Right. So we lost a load of listeners just that we literally lost a load of listeners when you did that. Sorry, go on, Dan. Right. right. I'm, I'm, go- I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. Save right. It. Protagonist. Ooh. Yeah, cheers. Cheers on that one. Bouncy ball. Two Ooh. B's. Oh, I like what you did there. A couple of B's. What are you saying? Ball what set. are you saying? Yeah. Uh, uh menstruation. Oh, menstruate. Oh, good word. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. Thank menstruate. you. Um, I think menstruating X. was the, how females masturbate. I thought that was the female version of it. <laughs> <laughs> I used to at school. I'm not going to lie. Right. Quickly, xylophone. xylophone. I can't think of anything more and I feel a little bit rushed after you saying that. <laughs> and I... Intercontinental. Intercontinental. Yes, like the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, I love that. Yes. Nice one, Dan. Gonna have to leave it there. Doing what I can. Doing what I can <laughs> for the phonetics, people. Um, we'll go hopefully gonna be doing a Christmas episode. With jingle bells and all of that, Batman spells. Yeah. Robin Laid Neg. Yep. Yeah. Uncle Billy lost his willy. Is that how it goes? <laughs> <laughs> that's, where, that's how it goes. We just lost the same <laughs> listeners again. <laughs> we better go before the listeners like go before us <laughs> thanks Honestly, Dan so thank you thank you thank you very much it's been great Catch see you next week time. love you lots bye bye